Um, we are here, the road taken. I'm Vicki Abelson with Ray Parker Jr. Ray Parker Jr. And uh, Louise Blanco behind the camera. Thank you, Wheezy. Um, all right, so I want to, before we, we start talking with Ray, I just want to apologize to Henry Jaglum because uh, last week was we had this nightmare. We were mm -hmm. in Henry's house, we didn't have enough bandwidth. Uh -huh. And iPhone 10 can't be out of focus, right. doesn't happen. Right. It was out of focus because we didn't have enough bandwidth and we didn't know it. So we got through the whole podcast. So I'm checking the podcast. So those of you out there who are watching, <laughs> if something's wrong, tell us. See, now we look, you know, we look good. Oh, good. I don't know. We look a little, we're a little blurry. We're blurry, Louise. You look clear from here. Yeah, but on the, on the thing, we're not. So, um, Slightly uh, a little blurry. we are blurry, and I'm wondering what's going sure? on. That looks pretty good to me. No, it's it looks blurry. Folks out there, tell That's us. That's pretty close. Man. No, we it's not look, the highest resolution. No, we're, we're not clear. I don't have a fix. Did you um, clear the camera lens before you did? <laughs> you can come back here and see what I'm seeing. No, did you no. wipe? Did you wipe the lens on the camera? It looks beautiful. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's, it's not the it's, it's not a Facebook the, Live issue. We're having a Facebook Live issue again. I blame the Russians. Yeah, we're not we're not clear, and I don't know what that's what that's about. Where this is the second week in a row we're having blurry. Yep, a little blurry, but beautiful. And thank you, Stacy. Yeah, Jill. but the question is, did you wipe the camera? Yeah, no, it's not the camera lens because we we because we shot like really good video. If you, no, if you I wipe mine before every picture. You do, but if you come back here and look at this, you'll see it's clear. Okay, it's an iPhone. It's the bandwidth and the transmission. That's a smaller picture on there. I don't know. Yeah, it's we're not getting a good signal. People are love. People are sending up love and and all kinds of things, but we are definitely a little. They love us, so that's it. I don't know what's going on with the signal. We're doing this again. This is making me sad. Um. I don't know what the fix is, you guys. Uh, everybody's sending up love. It doesn't look like they care. A little blurry, but still good. All right, so um, I I don't know. I guess we're not going to be able to go on the road anymore. This didn't happen at Allie's either. I don't know why this is happening. People are still loving it. All right, let me talk to Ray. Um, folks, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on with these uh, with these Facebook videos, why this is happening. Damn. Um, yeah, it's blurry. It's bandwidth. But that shouldn't happen. Ray's got a ton of bandwidth. I would say let's start it again, but I don't think that's going to help us. Look at all this. Ray, you're getting so much love. Look at all this love you're getting. I like love. <laughs> so, Ray. So, talk to me, Ray. I am. So, tell me about this. This is, first of all, you're Ray's studio. And it's the new studio I built. So it's brand new. And this is my lobby. And this is where it all happens in the lobby. We just sit and chat and have a talk. And these are all my favorite guitars in the background. Oh my God, they're amazing. So do you have the like your- hippie wallpaper going on here. So it's excellent. Color. Did you Do you have your first guitar back there? No, no. I think I stolen. But this, the guitar I used on Ghostbusters, another woman, is that red one up there. Oh God. The guitar I used on that tour you saw me on was one similar to this. But right after that tour, Stevie Wonder bought me that black guitar. Okay, for anyone who didn't see the, the little <laughs> promo video we did, I saw Ray Parker Jr. in 1972 playing with Little Stevie Wonder, opening yeah. for the Rolling Stones at Madison Square Garden, and it was Mick Jagger's birthday, and it was we throwing pies at each other. It was unbelievable. I was so high. It's amazing that I remember. I was amazing that I remember any of that. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh boy, and 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 David Sanborn was on. David Sanborn played sax. I think Randy Brecker played trumpet. And, we had Denise Williams in the band. So we had an all-star cast. It was amazing. And so you guys played first, then the Stones came out, and then you all came out. I remember at the end. I'm trying to remember what you played. What, we what played you... Satisfaction <laughs> and uh, Uptight. Oh, Uptight. Oh, my God. Okay, so now how did you get that gig? How, so you're, oh, Stevie called me. All right, so wait, let's start out. You're a little kid in Detroit. You're in Detroit. You're yes. In Detroit. Okay. I um, started playing the clarinet at six years old. I played clarinet? You did? Yeah, I played clarinet. I was first year in all city band, so I could read the music pretty well. Okay. But you I know, as I got taller and, and older, like 10 years old, <laughs> I just was like tall. The clarinet felt awkward and all that blowing, you know, I didn't want to blow anymore. And my brother got the first guitar. <laughs> my brother got a guitar, so I, I wanted to play more than one note at a time. And I didn't want to blow anymore, so I, 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 I just... I've never heard anybody give up blow. clarinet because they didn't want to blow anymore. Yeah. Clarinet, Marvin Gaye records, Smokey records. When, when you're how old? Well, I was, you know, 15, 16. So I was doing a lot of work. So when Stevie wanted to call me, the nice thing is he said I didn't have to audition. He said, I just want to know if you want to go. Everybody tells me you're the guy. You didn't even have to audition. No, and so, you're a kid. You're just yeah. a kid. What was the first gig? I mean, go back. first gig was Victoria, I mean, it was Vancouver, British Columbia. No, but I mean, who's the first person that you oh, played? Oh, my first gig. My yeah. first professional gig was with a group called the Spinners. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's where I went. That was before they went to Philadelphia. They had one song on Motown called, It's a shame the way you mess around with your man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I guess you had to audition for them. Yeah. And they didn't think it was weird auditioning a 15-year-old kid to be in the no. band? No. No, Billy Henderson was the leader of the group, and he said, if I could read this chart, Fascinating Rhythm, then I can have a job. So I read the chart, and I was hired, you know. Wow. Okay, so that clarinet came in handy, because you learned how to read music. Well, let's hear it. Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. That song. That <laughs> wow. Song, yeah. Okay, so you start out with the spinners, and then what? Then I got in Motown's band. I was in a house band at a club called Twenty Grand, played behind glass, Night with Pips, Jesus. Parliament, Chuck Jackson, and All Stars and the Temptations, and uh, it was really good. Then I started in the studio with. Did Sandy you quit Robinson. school? No, I was in school the whole time. And then I worked with Marvin Gaye on a lot of records. Did a lot of work. Then the honeycomb put in the put in the one ass. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, I love that song. Yeah, I did patches. You did oh patches. My God, I love patches. So but a lot of Holland Dozier hits on Free to Pain records. Uh, Band of Gold, one of my favorite songs uh, of all time. Everything good is bad. Everything's oh. bad is good. Hundred proof. So I was doing all those records as a kid. Okay, do you know when you're a kid that? What's happening to you does no, not happen to no, everybody? I was just doing the best I could. I didn't know if it was anything special or not special, but I was certainly having a lot of fun. And making money. Yeah, making money too. But I love the music. It was more, always more than money. And it's still that way for me. Not the music, music, but the art. Yeah, it's yeah, always that so way. It was just the music was just so much fun. Uh, okay, so, so what's the first tour? 
The first two besides the spinners. The, the, the spin big tour. The big tour was the one with Stevie Wonder and Rolling Stones. And that so, was the first guy to leave home for four months and don't come back. And so what is that like being on the... That was like at the height of the Rolling Stones. They were like crazy. They were God. So, and Stevie was just... Stevie was already a star, but not nearly as big as he became. Um, so what was that like for you guys? Was it like... Sex and drugs and rock and roll and uh oh, uh -oh. <laughs> you were still just a kid. Yeah, I was pretty much naive and somewhat innocent. Okay. In a sense, but uh, that tour, I learned a lot on that tour. I bet you did. The first show was in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I got like six tickets or seven tickets to every show. Nice. This gave me tickets, and I had a ticket and. There was a girl, sort of looked like yourself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which is different from the girls in the ghetto in Detroit. Just a little different. <laughs> and she was crying outside of the thing, and I felt bad for her. I said, look, I got a ticket for you. Don't worry about it. I'll give you one of my tickets. You know? And I was going to sell the other tickets, but she was crying so hard. I said, I'll just give you a ticket. And she just wasn't hearing it. She kept saying, you're jerking me around. You're not going to give me a ticket. I said, I'm going to give you a ticket. I got to go back. I'll get the tickets. You know, I didn't have them with me, but I'll go back and get the tickets. She says, I'll do anything for a ticket, anything. Right? Wow. I said, I said, you don't have to do anything with that. I'm going to give you the tickets. And I was honest. I was very sincere about that. And so she, she says, she wouldn't let me out of her sight. I said, look, I'll be back. So, <laughs> so we got a sound check. I'll come back and bring it to you. No, she wouldn't let me out. So she followed me all the way back. So now we're in my hotel room. She wants the ticket, right? So I'm getting ready to give her the ticket. And she starts taking off her clothes and says she'll do anything <laughs> that I want for the ticket. You know? And I'm like, I didn't even ask her to do this, but I'm not the dumbest. Yeah. I just went, oh, I didn't know you meant anything. So, I mean, since it was given to me, I, I guess I had to participate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like and how old are you? You're like 18. Well, that's growing up fast. Oh my gosh, it's growing up. I mean, I had never had anything like that happen to me ever before. And then I remember the next show was in Seattle. And, the same and then you learned how powerful those tickets were. The girl showed up in Seattle. She drove down. <gasps> the same girl? The same girl. And I remember she brought a friend. <laughs> and she said the words, we will do anything you want. Oh, my god! You gosh. give us a ticket. And I thought, are you kidding me? Let me see now. I'm not dumb, but one plus one. <laughs> the word we means us. <laughs> uh, anything you want to do. It's like last night. Anyone? So I had two tickets. Now I'm starting to get a little nervous because I had the money. I wanted to make the money, but I, the two, two. Two! 1972, that's what two. people were doing. Oh my gosh, this is like getting a little crazy. So I called my best friend, Detroit, said, you guys been laughing at me for a couple of years because I've been like the V, you know? <laughs> but how about this? How's this for a start, you know? And then the third night was Portland, Oregon. No, don't say she showed up with two friends. No, come on! <laughs> the girl from Washington, the girl, and there was three of them. By this time, I got the lingo. I got the language. All three of us will do whatever you want if you can get three tickets. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now we really get to whatever. This was a story beyond what I was expecting. No, you asked for it. Yeah. You know, I was 18, and I had just, well, I had so much energy at 18. I was like, <laughs> well, not a problem at 18. It was like, oh, my gosh. Just plenty wow. of energy and you know what was interesting? I wonder if Mick was seeing as much action that night. He had seventeen <laughs> tickets. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And so then the fourth night comes. Oh San no, San Francisco. And I saved 
four tickets, honestly, for what I thought was going to be a super night. <laughs> and I never saw those Aww. girls again. Well, it sounds like you got your money's worth on yeah. them. I mean, that's a whole nother stuff. San Francisco, that was a whole nother party, you know. Like what? Well, I mean, they picked me up in this Volkswagen bus and people I didn't know. I don't know why I went with them, but it just looked cool. <laughs> and we went back to a house and all kind of crazy stuff. And so there was some crazy stuff going on that tour. I bet. Yeah. Like, the least of which, so did you party with the Stones at all? Oh, yeah. We went to Playboy Mansion with the Stones. In Chicago. The original so, Playboy Mansion. What was that like? All Playboy bunnies. Where all the bunnies were there. And they had the swimming pool under, you know, went through more than one floor. And I didn't even know who Hugh Hefner was, and I wasn't going to go. And I think it was David Sanborn says, no, you, you got to go. <laughs> this is not the night you stay home. <laughs> we're going to the mansion. I'm like, what mansion? I've seen enough. I don't want to go. I don't want to you know, so they drugged me out, and I'm glad I went. I mean, it was an amazing party. We had the Playboy Mansion. So. Oh, oh, and so what was Stevie like back in those days? Well, he's crazy too. He was crazy. Oh yeah, everybody was crazy. All of us were young and on the tour, and it was crazy. You know, just having a good time. You know? And so there just must have been girls everywhere flinging themselves at you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You were in the back row. You were too far away. Vicky <laughs> <laughs> well. was on row one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, my, I, I was, I was, I was like, I was like the first tier up. I wasn't okay, bad, and I was, I, I was like one tier up. I was off the floor. Okay, okay, but you know, I was, I was just a kid. I, well, so was I. So were you. You were playing on the stage. You were sleeping with three <laughs> girls at one time. I, I didn't was know with, I was doing it. I didn't know it. I'm innocent. I was with Ira J. Lackow. I was a girl from the Bronx. <laughs> Wow, that okay. Let's get into some crazy. Okay, so you do that tour with Stevie. What's next? And, and you're still in school. What well, did you graduate? No, I, school? I quit. I quit. Well, I was in college already. I was, okay, I graduated at 17, so I was already in college. So I dropped out of college. Yeah, broke my parents' heart. Did they get over it when I bought my house and a new car and sent <laughs> to Hawaii and stuff? It was, it was okay. They yeah. got over it. Yeah, it was a little but, rough period there for a couple of years, but they got over it. But even then, when you quit, you were already doing like this massive stuff. I mean, they didn't really get that. They just thought mm -hmm. I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I never wore suits and ties, you know. So your parents judge you by what they know, right? You know, if you're still in jeans and a t-shirt, nah, yeah, still looks like that stupid kid. <laughs> yeah. So they really thought not much was happening. So you got your education on the road. So after Stevie, what comes next for you? I got my car and drove to California. Okay, oh. and. That's it. And what happened what when happened? you got here? I, got, I started playing on records. And How did you become a session player? You just like I walked just in, to, showed up? To, well, I, went to, I was working on the Lamont Dozier album, mm -hmm. Holland Dozier Holland. And then I just pretty much went to every studio with my guitar and told people, you should listen to me play. I'll play for free. So smart. Yeah. And so I met all smart. the people. I said, you can listen to me talk all day. I can just play. <laughs> Right, I said, I don't want to be nagging everybody. And a lot of people, we were setting up, they let me play, and it was pretty good. And then one thing led to another. And before that year was over, I remember I made like $100,000. This is like still in the early 70s, oh, mid-70s. 70, this is 73, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So it's probably more than your dad? Oh, way, God. five times more yeah. than your dad ever made, yeah. And did he have a concept of it then? No. no. Still didn't have a concept no. of it. Um, so... You started out on clarinet. Did you ever take guitar lessons, or were you also no, taught? No, I learned music on the clarinet theory and how to write chords and you know melodies and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Read music, so I just transferred my knowledge to the guitar. 
Okay, wow. And a lot uh, of fun. okay, a lot so of fun. so you're so you're doing sessions. You're still a teenager. Yes. And uh, and are you writing music at this point? Yeah, Stevie wanted to taught me how to write music when I was with him. So six months after that, I wrote my first number one record with Shaka Khan <laughs> called "You Got the Love," which was a great song. Want to play a little? Sure. It's hard on here, but. After that tour, you could tell things, life is a little on the edge. And so what's your life like, aside from the playing life, what's your life like? I didn't have no life except playing. Okay. To me, the music was everything. That's all I worked on all day, every day. And in fact, part of my success was when the other guys were out chasing girls, I was following Stevie Wonder to the studio. If he went to the studio, I went. Or if the Rolling Stones went to the studio, I went. Just to watch and see what everybody was doing and learn how to do it. And most of the band wasn't with me. They were out partying and, you know, having a good time in whatever city we were in. But I was always stuck up under whoever was doing all the recording so I could see what they were doing. So the, the name of the show is The Road Taken. And what it's about, the idea of it is to interview my heroes and, and kind of discuss how you did what you did. Yeah. Because so many people who are artists, they might have a lot of talent, they might have all the skills in the world, but mm -hmm. they can't make that jump. If they're too lazy, they can't be lazy. You gotta be aggressive, you gotta believe that you're gonna do it, and you gotta really put all your heart and soul into it. I think that self-belief has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, did you always have confidence? No. But you know, if Stevie Wonder calls and wants to put you in his band, we can't be too bad. See, people look at the bad stuff, but they don't look at the good stuff either. If you're standing on stage and Mick Jagger standing here and Stevie you want to stand here, I mean, you must be worth something. <laughs> something, right? So you mean, you got to at least create, out of just pure logic, some self-worth for yourself. And so the more that happens or the more time people call you and say, well, I thought I was an idiot, but Marvin Gaye doesn't think so. Smokey <laughs> Robinson doesn't think Stevie Wonder doesn't think Crabby still National Young doesn't think so. And after a while, it's like, you know, well, maybe I might have something, something here, you know. So you start to believe in yourself a little more. And so, was there anything that eluded you? Was there anything that you wanted that you didn't get? No. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from you. So you like so like every gig you went up for, you got. Yeah, I don't remember ever getting fired or anything like that. What did, you, what did you do with Smokey? Play guitar. Which, yeah, but what, what, what did you play on? Oh, I can't remember. There's so many records I did. At one point, we were, I must have done four sessions a day, and we do three songs oh, a session, so I do like 12, 15 songs a day every day. Wow. Um, sometimes I'll read in a magazine. I played on Donna Summer's Bad Girl, and I'd be like, I don't remember doing that. You know? Wow. <laughs> the credits read that. And, you know, so I'm in a lot of places I don't even remember that I was in. I remember more of the people I played with than the actual songs. So let's talk about that a little. So favorites, people to play with? Yeah, like Donna Ross was nice. And I played on a lot of her hits. I know I played on Mahogany, and I know I played on uh, Love Hangover, and several records, you know. 
And I produced some songs with her too. But you know, you think, well, what's all the songs you did? I can't remember. We were in the studio all the time, you know. Yeah. And remember, when you're making the records, you don't think they're hits yet, so you don't know. Right. So it's right. not like, you better remember this one. You know, right. It's like, well, we did 25. What are you talking about? Which one of the 25 did you guys put out three months later? You know, so it's just really hard to remember it. You know? Wow. That's crazy. I remember so when we cut Love's theme for Barry White. That was very special. I remember the one day we cut Love's theme, Can't Get Enough of Your Love, and You're My First, Last, and Everything, all on the same day. And those sounded wonderful while we were doing it. So but you know, sometimes you know that oh, like, yeah, this yeah, is going to be a hit. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and then one sticks in your head and you remember doing it and getting it. And so everywhere you're going, like you're hearing the music. So are you a hired hand at this point? Hired like, gun. Absolutely. You're a hired gun. Big time hired Fran's gun. movie. Yes. Excellent movie, by yes. the way. I love that Fran's movie. That's why movie. I was in there, because I was a hired gun. So you were the hired gun, and... But you had your own, but you eventually had your own band. Yeah, I wanted to get out of being a hired gun. Okay, so when did that happen? That happened at age 22. <laughs> and was it instant success for that as well? Not really. I had a couple of other record deals where they kicked me off the label and that kind of stuff. And why is but that? At 22, I wrote this song because that song wasn't a hit. <laughs> but at 22, I wrote Jack and Jill, which was a hit. Mm -hmm. It was a really big hit, and that kind of changed the world for me. So then all of a sudden, you're Ray Parker Jr., you're not just a hired gun. Exactly. Yeah. Then if I want to make money, I can call my own phone and make it happen. It's a nice thing to not have to sit by the phone waiting on somebody to call you. Mm -hmm. If you saw in that movie, some people never got another phone call. No matter how long they work with the guy, just the phone never rang. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's... Uh, it's, music is already a sort of unforsure job, mm -hmm. and if you're waiting on somebody else to do it for you, that's even more unforsure. So it's nice to be able to call yourself. And uh, at what point did acting start, like Uptown Saturday Night and mm -hmm. stuff? When did when did that start happening? Well, I did that. That was the first thing I did when I got to L.A. And I'd already Wait, played. What? Yeah, I'd already played with Bill Cosby. I was just an extra in the movie. Okay. And I'd already worked with Bill Cosby in Detroit. So I wanted to get his attention. So I remember I went downtown and got a box of cigars because I know he liked cigars. So I had to get some illegal cigars. <laughs> and Bill Cobb was like stand, trying to reach Muhammad Ali. There must have been 100 people and, you know, waiting to say hi, waiting to get all the rest. But just he couldn't move. Every time he got off stage, he'd just sit there. So I just sat in the back with the cigars in my hand like this. And he finally looked over there and went, hmm. Did he really? Yeah, and I went right to the front of the line. He told me to sit right next to him. Then he smelled it. Under there. And once he smelled they were real Cuban cigars, then he told me, you, you stay with me. And that was it. I got in front of everybody. Wow. Then he put me in his band, and we were hanging out every day after that. So you had, like, <laughs> smarts. I mean, it wasn't just hard work. It wasn't just being in the right place at the right time. You knew how to work it. You, you, bit, you yeah. were smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm getting that. Okay, so so you got into Uptown Saturday Night. You, how did the Ghostbusters thing happen? Oh, that's years later. After okay, the, so wait. So let's go in that time. So so the build-up to that. What, the build-up to that is um, I wrote hits for Barry White, uh, Ross, Pam Bell, Shaka Khan. Um, are you playing with them also, or you're just writing them hits? Uh, some, some people I play with them mm -hmm. also. And I wrote this really big song for Leo Sayer that I got no credit for called You Make Me Feel Like Dancing. 
You make me. I love that. Yeah. Why did you get credit for that? I don't know. But I wrote that song and put it together. I wrote it the same time I did Jack and Jill, and I gave it to the same guy. Uh -huh. And then Clive Davis also liked Jack and Jill. And he said, well, this guy didn't pay you for your last song, so do this one for me instead of him. So we took it from the other guy. I probably could have sued the other guy, but you know how negativity stuff. But it, it, it was painful because that song won Grammy of the Year. That was, that, was a great, that was a great song. Somebody got on TV and thanked his mom, and I'm looking at him like, and you weren't even in the studio when I wrote the song. Who who got credit for writing the song? Vinny, somebody, I don't know. Like they just like made up a guy? Okay. He was on TV thanking his mother while my oh. mom was in Detroit. But I not only did I write the song at home, but I played on the song and I put the whole band together and made the record. So that was the bad part. But the good news is it got me more attention. It got me in front of Clive Davis. Mm -hmm. And he gave me everything. Just said, cut Jack and Jill and let's go. So then I cut Jack and Jill, we had a gold album, gold single, then I cut the next rock on album, we had a gold album, and gold single, Can't Change, the You're the Only One I Love, mm -hmm. Then I had uh, two places at the same time, but for those who like the groove on it, then I had A Woman Needs Love, then I had I'm In Love With The Other Woman, and, and that song. I love that song. Then mm -hmm. came Ghostbusters, like six, seven years later. So how did that happen? Did you know, did you know that was lightning in a bottle? When no. It went I don't even know what that was. That was I was just doing a favor for a friend of mine, a guy I worked with with Barry White, who mm -hmm. ran the publishing, ended up being head of Columbia Pictures for the vice president, you know, mm -hmm. music department, and he just wanted a favor. He says, you know, I need you to help me with this movie, because we worked on it a whole year and nobody's been able to write a song. I'm like, a year, no song. How could that be? And so I met the director, and the director told me what he wanted, and he wanted the words Ghostbusters in the song. I'm right. like, oh, now I see why you don't have a song. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> word to say. I see the word Ghostbusters. It's not going to ever happen, you know. And uh, probably the ingenious part of the song was, in the movie, there's a spot where they had a phone number underneath, and they had a Ghostbusters up top. Right. And their things out, going to get the ghost, right? Mm -hmm. well, when you're sleepy at 3, 4 in the morning, and you've had no sleep, and you've been working on a song all the time, it looks just like the Roto-Rooter guys to me, or the bug spray guys. Yeah. So as soon as I saw the Roto-Rooter guys wash your trouble down the drain, who do you call? I went, that's it. Just like the Ghostbusters. So I'm, just, I'm never going to say Ghostbusters in the song, which I never say it. I don't say that word in the song. They chant it. They chant it. Yeah, the girls scream it. But I just go, who you going to call? What? I got to tell you, my son is 23. He had a girl, a girl over last night who's like 19. I said, guess who I'm interviewing tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And I played it. They knew every word to the yeah, song. Yeah. I mean, it is just iconic. It, 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 every generation. It transcends the Every generation. Yeah. Because I think my mother would probably know every yeah, word yeah. to the song too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like anybody can sing yeah. that song. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and everybody, like I posted it on Facebook, and like everybody on Facebook mm -hmm. is coming in with lines from the song, yeah. like today, you know? And I, oh God, please tell me we're not frozen. I'm like, look at what's going on, we're, we're going. We're still blurry though. I know we're blurry, it's bandwidth. I, I'm sorry, yeah. but it's awfully Facebook. cute anyway. You think it's Facebook? I yeah. do too, because we got a good signal here. We ping it, it's 100. The whole point of being here is so we can live cast and the rest of this stuff. And right. it doesn't share with the house, by the way. It's just, this is a separate building. So the line is coming in here, and, it's, and it, we uncooked the computer's connected to nothing except your computer. You know, we didn't have this trouble until last week, and I'm mm -hmm. thinking, and that's exactly when Facebook, I have Facebook stock. Yeah. I want to take that boy. <laughs> I want to take that boy. I want to like, I, yeah, yeah. and you know what's killing me about Zuckerberg is 
He said he was sorry. It just came out today that it wasn't 50 million people breathing. 87 million yeah. people breathing. But the guy's got billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Make restitution. Mm -hmm. Send some money to the Democratic Party. Give some money to Hillary Clinton. Do mm -hmm. something yeah. to, to be a mensch. I mean, it's just... Just look, uh, you know, he could Google Bill Gates and... You know, but uh, yeah, really, for for classy guy. But I'm ju I'm just wondering if the reason why things are going wrong with Facebook is because mm. things are going wrong with Facebook. Oh, that and and I'm wondering if that has anything to do with the fact that even the signal is compromised. I don't think so. There's too much going on. Well, but this started exactly when all that trouble came out, which is kind of weird. We net we've been going live for but almost Facebook a year. does a billion different things. They do, so, but th this is pretty weird that this is mm -hmm. going on. I, I I don't know what to say because we're we're blurry, mm -hmm. we're blurry, for, and we're we are on an iPhone ten. They they auto focus. There is nothing <laughs> that Louise is doing or that this mm -hmm. camera is doing. I'll take a picture with my phone. How it. clear it is! How <laughs> clear! Yeah. It's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so. So the Ghostbusters things happen. That has to change your life again in some, I'm um, thinking, big... Uh, no? More money, but not really. I mean, more rec recognized ability, I guess. Yeah, people were everywhere. Once they saw that video... Oh, my oh God. My, gosh, my face was... I couldn't go to a store. I couldn't sit at a restaurant. I mean, so what is that like? What is that like? I, 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 it was a little annoying, actually. I became the most popular person I ever met. You know what I mean? It was like... <laughs> I mean, before I had hit records and I had a crowd of people and this stuff was going great, but this was a past that. This yeah. was like unreasonable, you know. Yeah. You're in a shopping mall and people, 40 people have got you banged up in the store. You have to, they have to let you out the back. Whoa. That kind of crazy wow. stuff. So and that's crazy. all from the video. Yeah, all from that video. Because that was when videos first getting started. Oh yeah. You know, man, people looking at videos like, who? How can y'all see that many people see the video? You know, but the power of that video was really extraordinary. Well, first of all, in those days, videos were in every club and every bar. Every mm -hmm. place had screens, yeah. so any place there's anybody going yeah. to see live music. Plus, we all had it at home on MTV, and all mm -hmm. of that stuff was going on. So, yeah. it's um, huge. wow. Okay, so, so you have this ridiculously huge success. Does this change Ray? No. Not at all? No, yeah, I still don't say no stuff. In fact, I came, my parents were sick, so I sort of had retired a year before. Not retired because, oh, you got too much money, let's retire. I'm too young to retire, but I wanted to take care of my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And I had actually come back to California because I was working on this record for a group, a new band called The New Edition. <laughs> so I was working on their song, which turned out to be the number one record. Awesome. <laughs> Which song was that? Uh, Mr. Telephone Man, there's something wrong with my life. So I was doing that song, and then I did Ghostbusters the same week. Jesus. How long did it take you to write Ghostbusters? Like three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That, I did both songs in that same week or two period. Then I went back to see my mom and dad in Detroit. And what was it like for you back in Detroit? Oh well, Ghostbusters hadn't come out, but you were already a huge. But you were oh, yeah, already yeah. like. No, no, I was already started. And your parents already yeah. kind of yeah, got yeah, the yeah. whole yeah, deal. I bought them the house and all that. We were we were past all that. <laughs> My dad already traveled every place on the planet Earth with me. You know. So they all had a good time. Did they get to meet? Like these crazy people, did they get to meet Diana? Oh, yeah, and yeah Diana? my dad met all the people. He went to all the TV shows. And all. My mother just didn't want to leave home. She liked TV at home. 
She didn't dig all that first class airplane. She didn't care about none of that stuff. She was like, y'all go, I'm gonna stay home. She just wasn't into it. And my dad was like, I keep a suitcase packed. Just tell me when to be there. <laughs> tell me to go to the airport. We're on the way. Aww. He liked the good, he liked the limousines and the good trips. Oh, yeah. He thought, first class. Yeah, bring me another glass of wine. <laughs> he was yeah. really into it. Yeah, he dug it. That's so great that you yeah. were able to do that for them. Yeah. That's yeah, really yeah, lovely. A wonderful time. And so, so you have kids. So mm -hmm. when did all that start for you? Oh, gosh. Let me, I don't know. Around like 31, 32, you know. So you're hey, kind hey. of at the height that you're, you're still... Yeah, yeah. I, got four, I had four sons. At one point, I had six sons. Then, then they invented DNA and two dropped off. Wow. wow. Is that... Two weren't mine. Are you kidding me? No. I didn't find out for two or three years later. So you were supporting them first? Yes. It's a lot of money. Then DNA was invented. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for DNA. Used to be mothers, baby, daddies, maybe, right? So you were hip, you were like smart enough to have that done for. Did somebody always. suggest it, or did no, you? No, I'm gonna have DNA always. Okay. I mean, even if you're just gonna make out your will, you gotta know who's who. You gotta resolve these issues ahead of time. Okay. So when did uh, so the the four that you have? Mm -hmm. um, One's 31, one's 29, one's 19, one's 17. And they're all tall, like 6'5", 6'4", 6'5". Oh, okay. Uh, so I don't know how I got to be the small guy in the family. And, and musicians. <laughs> I, I know one of your sons is two fabulous. Of them, yeah, two of them are musicians, and all of them are great at sports. Tennis, basketball, football. Were you good at sports? The police beat me up, so I never got a chance to play. Okay, sports. now I saw that. On, I knew nothing about that. I just saw that on your pay, on your yeah. Facebook page. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, every time I got caught, and I say get caught, I was on the school playground, but you would get caught with football or basketball. They would kind of smack you around, make you wet your pants, take your M&Ms and dump them on the ground, take your eight and a half cents, and then the worst part, they take your football, and then the police would drop you a mile away from home, you'd have to walk home. Who did this? The police. The police. Why? Yeah. Growing up in Detroit. Because he was African American, that's why. Yeah. How old were you when this was going on? Like 12, 13. And how old were you when you got beaten? He got beaten yeah, that by the was police. 15. And that was, un what, what provoked that situation? I have no you? idea. I was getting on the bus to go home. I mean, excuse me, to go to school. And, you know, I saw some activity going on. Next time I know the police had their guns pulled. I was like, ooh, somebody's in trouble. And then I noticed that they pointed at me. They never said why they were pointing at me. They never said what they thought I did. They just drug me to the alley and started beating on me. Oh, my God. And your parents couldn't do anything about it, I assume. Like what? Did they try to... No, there's out? nothing you can do here in Detroit. That's it. If they go start trouble, then everybody would be in more trouble. What did your father do? He worked at Ford for 48 years in the factory. Wow. Double shifts half the time, you know. Wow. How many, how many siblings did you have? I have a brother and a half-sister that was older. So real working class. Yeah. Your life in Detroit was different. <laughs> it wasn't like this. <laughs> did you go hang out on the lawn of Motown and stuff? Allie was telling us stories about going and hanging out on the lawn. Yeah, but that could be dangerous, too. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it wasn't a great neighborhood. Mm. So, 
Is there anything that you haven't done that you want to do? Yeah, I'm on my own TV show. Hmm? What? I'm on my own Goldstream jet, too. <laughs> Goldstream jet is <laughs> nice. a little pricey, but I want it anyway. And what kind of TV show? You want to host a, a talk show? Yeah. Because I know Ray's got a podcast now. What's it called? Yeah, pod, just Ray Parker Jr. show. Right. Okay, and um, how can people find it? I a podcast, it? we're doing my movie. And, uh, Tell us about that. I don't too. know how you can find a podcast yet. That's, that's Fran's got a list. you got to figure out how to get it up there and where it's going to be and all that good stuff. We're just filming. Okay. And the movie, we're, we're getting ready to get started on that. So, you know, so we're working on that as well. And what's and the book? Um, okay, so wait for the for the movie. This is going to be a documentary, mm -hmm. um, and it's. I don't know if you call it a documentary. I guess it'll be some facts in it or something like that. But mine's going to be more of an adventure. The music is going to be. Do you remember the movie Pearl Harbor? I know I saw Brad. With a, I was in Pearl Harbor. Matt. Um, I saw Brad. Pearl Harbor. Who was in Pearl Harbor? Um, I saw that. Ben movie. Affleck. Oh, Ben Matt Affleck. Was it Matt? I was going to say Matt Damon. No, ben Affleck and okay. the other kid. I can't think of his name. I don't, I can't, I don't, anyway, I'm afraid to go Pearl Harbor yeah. had the war. Yeah. It really wasn't about the war. It was about the love story. Right. Right? The girl yeah. was in the notebook. I can't think of her name. Um, uh, Rachel McAdams. Was, yeah, Rachel yeah. McAdams. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was a love story. So my, my, my story is going to be an action adventure, but the backdrop is the music. What's the action? So the action is all the stuff that's happened to me from getting beat up by the police in Detroit to... Van Morrison in my hotel room at three in the morning while I got no clothes on staring at me till me allowing teaching Stevie Wonder how to drive a car. <laughs> no, you didn't. So, uh, yeah, I mean when it goes on, I can go on and on and on and on. Okay, on, wait, on, I want to hear about you teaching Stevie Wonder how no, to No, you've had to wait in oh. the movie. <laughs> and I'm just saying that's what's in the that's what it's about. So are you See, playing you? Who's playing you at nineteen uh, getting well, beat up? We have to get somebody who okay. plays me younger. But the point being Could is, one of your sons play it? Yeah, that's possible. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. But what's interesting here is, what makes it interesting is it's not just a story about, oh, I wrote this song on Thursday, then I wrote this song, you just sit down, I'll go kill you. Know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's the adventure. And because I work with so many different people, it's more adventurous. So as soon as you're thinking Tom Jones and I was doing this, then we shift to here and then we shift Did to Did you play with Tom Jones also? Sure. Carpenters, I can tell you when I'm hanging out with Richard Carpenter in Vegas. And so, I mean, my story, it keeps moving where you won't be bored. And every time you think you've heard it all, you just at the beginning of it. I love it. Well, I'm looking, and what, what's the book? We could talk about the three girls, I guess, if you want to. Or we can talk about the ones from on. Um And the book has got to be the same thing. I'm behind on writing the book. Well, you know, I don't know if you know, but I have this literary salon called Women Who Write. And celebrities come to my house when they have books. So when your book comes out, oh, I got, okay. I got okay. this well, venue we'll for you. And okay. It's a room full of women and they buy books. And more than go, three oh. girls. And a lot more yeah. than three girls. Yeah, a lot more There's than about girls. 50 of them. And then then we go live on the Facebook. Much nicer and then, girls. And <laughs> <laughs> Much more respectful. Well, most of us have had our day. Yeah. We, 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 we were those girls. Yeah. Well, I didn't, but, you know, yeah. yeah. Did you hear her slip up and say we were those girls? <laughs> I was trying to clean it up. Did you try to clean it up? I was looking at her on TV and she said, I'm trying to I'm the ticket. That was me. I'm going to give you a copy of my book. You're going to edit that part out? No, there's no editing. We are alive. Keep it live. Keep it real. I am going to give you a copy of my book. No, I was always, I never did that. I never slept with anybody that was, I just, I knew them, but I didn't. Okay. Yeah.
And he's, I was a rock and roll promoter in New York back fine. in the day. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't sleep with any of those guys. Okay. Because uh, you have to have respect. You have to that, I, I say so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would have had better story. I have, I have pretty good story. I have pretty Those good girls stories. took the advantage of me. I was young. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. So what's uh, what's a day in the life like for you now? Oh, I like to spend most of my time on this side of the house in this building. So everything for me happens in there. So you're still making music? Oh yeah, I got a song called "Old Guys." It's really cool. Oh God! They still do it. <laughs> <laughs> Is, are you gonna sing it? Are you yeah, gonna put it out? Absolutely. Hell yeah! Do you have a band? Yes, it's called Old Guys. Can it's we, call, can oh, we hear on. it? I'm serious. Your band is called Old Guys. Yeah, wait to hear the whole concept of the whole record. It's, it's ridiculous. Can it's we crazy. hear a few bars of it? Yeah. Can you play no, something? No, I can't play it because it's not released yet. Ooh, so we can't top secret. It to the pub. It's top secret. It's right top secret. Yeah. Um. And anybody in your band that you can talk about, or is that top no. secret too? No, yeah, that's top secret they're too. They're old guys. They're old. They gotta be old guys. They gotta be old guys. Yeah, you guys gonna be, play out? Good groove. Oh yeah, we're gonna go play. Well, First you gotta, make the record, which I think is gonna be the the title of a TV show theme song. So yeah, I think I'm gonna get it in a TV show as a theme song, which will launch me and the whole thing. Nice. Go get it. Yeah. It's a TV show about old guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Norman Lear has a show about old people. Do you know about that? Norman Lear uh, came to mm -hmm. Women Who Ride, the thing that yeah, I have, yeah. and he told us about this passion project that he had. This is going back about four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. And he was trying to get this TV show made about this senior community in Florida where these seniors mm -hmm. lived. And, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not dead. Talking about that old, it, it was, right, but this was called not dead yet, right? But, but it's, but, <laughs> that's the, but it's that's like twenty years from now. But it's not. It's Norman Lear. Yeah, he couldn't get it made. Could not. They said wow. no to Norman Lear. But he should try now after Roseanne gets got all. Well, but he, he he got he got it he got it on, mm -hmm. and yeah. it, he, they're making it right now that's with um, Holland Taylor and um, Hector Elizondo. Isn't it called it Guess Who Died? Guess Who Died? I'm sorry, Something. it's called Guess Who Died. Yeah, it's called Guess Who. Is it, wow, that's I don't more know. of a title. Uh, I'm not dead yet. Well, it's one. It's one of those. It's yeah. Well, they're ninety, so yeah, they're old. Yeah, you know, wow, Norman Lear is ninety six. And he's still, he's yeah. got One Day at a Time on, on Netflix right now. He's got this I other show it. he's doing. He it's could amazing. be in your band. So he could be yeah, in yeah, old yeah. guys. He could, at least you know, in a video. Huh? Could, I don't yeah. know if we want to travel with him, but we'll put him in the video. No, he's cool. He can hang. He, mm -hmm. Oh, man. He could, he could keep, wow. you have wow. trouble keeping up with him. He's amazing. But, okay, I so. I think you're like this song. It's like old guys, you can still do it. Old guys can still do it. Well, you're going to have to prove to that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wow. So I didn't say What's that. What's happening? I don't you know. You hear it. It's live. No. Did you forget when you take this live? Did y'all hear that? She threw down. Huh? And, and if you do it well, you might get lucky. Tonight. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So so play us something, Ray. Because now I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> just play us something. Play us one of, play us like something. Vicky like, needs love just like you. Don't get yourself into thinking that she don't. She can't fool around just like you do. She already admitted what she wants. Oh my God, you're killing me. All right, um... So I uh, see now I'm so I'm blushing. I don't I don't blush. I'm like a tough girl. I don't blush. I'm blushing and I'm blank and I'm like Louise ask Ray.
Ray a question. Oh, goody, I get to ask Ray a question. Um, ask Ray a question. Let's let's ask Ray. I'm like, oh, I'm like. So when you were in the studio, would you write your own guitar? Well, how much freedom would they give you? Oh yeah, they let a lot. Most of the time, they let me put, play what I wanted to play. Every now and then, you got to read the chord and do you know, what they want you to do. But most people call me to put the little extra flavor on it. You got some favorites, like like songs that. Or parts that you play. That yeah, you what are some of that, your cool, yeah. cool licks that everyone would recognize? Well, that one on the roof is song. Yeah. Because the whole song starts with that, so yeah, that's yeah. one. Then there was a show, was TV show called In Concert. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Well, that was me going. <laughs> so that started with just the guitar. Yeah. So it's a lot of things like that. So, what comes first for you? Do, do the lyrics, the music, or the lyrics? Does it change? Me, me usually the, the lyrics come first. Were you good in English in school? No. Hated English. Really? I'm good in math. Oh my really? God! Really? Yeah, because English. What's wrong with English? <laughs> what's um, wrong? Let's what's fix, wrong? With let's it. fix I can English. I tell you, I can tell you what's wrong with it. You have the English teacher, and the teacher says to you, "I want you to read this book." And tell me what you think the Arthur was portraying. Yeah. Right? So I told, read the book, told the teacher what I thought the Arthur was portraying. He says, "No, that's not what the Arthur was portraying." I said, "Okay, what was Arthur portraying?" He says, "Da da da." I said, "Okay, that's good." But you told me to read the book and tell you what I thought the Arthur was portraying, and I thought the Arthur was portraying that. So how could I possibly be wrong? Yeah. So you know, I failed. He didn't give me my grade that I wanted. But I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Whereas numbers give one answer. I have no respect for numbers. I can't, I, I can't, I can't do the numbers. Answer. I can't do the numbers. Yeah. The numbers. See, math and music go together. Math and music. I was there thinking the same thing. That's right. That's numbers, the truth. man. I'm a pilot as well. That's all numbers. What? Yeah, you pilot. fly? Oh, yeah, I fly. So, I'm, you know, it's all numbers. But, you know, English is like... My friend Ross the Boss is going to put up a, mm -hmm. an airplane right now on, on Facebook. Um, that's oh, cool. a whole other story. I don't... But English is like dating a girl. I mean, she says one thing. I don't know what she's talking about. You never know what she means. You know, and then but you're supposed to know what she means, and she said something else. Actually, so you're married you, now. You had yes. a bad teacher how, how, because you have everyone has their own relationship with the words they're reading. Absolutely, of course they do. You had a terrible teacher. Yeah. You, for your teacher More to tell you one. that. Mm, for your teacher to tell you you were wrong in English, there's no such thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so math, all right. Yeah, yeah, math, music does make sense. I yeah. get that. Um, so where did the lyrics come Did you write poetry? Where did the lyrics come from? People's experiences. Do you write the truth? Do you write yes. your truth? No, I write your truth. Ah. <laughs> if you talk to me for an hour or two, I might put you in the song. You don't tell your truth in your songs? That's personal. Huh? Okay. I sing much better when I can sing the pain of somebody else. Mm. <laughs> so you can get... And I could take... You know, it doesn't have to be all your story. It could be a little bit of my story. And whatever's most interesting about your friend's stories. Because everybody's going through something mm -hmm. at some point. And all you do have to do is listen. And they'll say, like, when I wrote A Woman Needs Love, I had five girls in the studio on the couch gossiping. And I was in the back, and I even talking to them. It was like... They were like that's what, you know, right when Gloria Dalry was out and all that stuff was mm -hmm. popular. And they were like, yeah, men think they can do it, but we can do it too. And I was like, ooh, that's a song. We can do it too. You know? Is and that when like, you had your kids' DNA tested? <laughs> yeah, no, right after that. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, the girls were writing a song. No longer would we stand up for all this old stuff. Those times are gone. I was like, ooh, let me write that down. You know, one day you come come home early from work, open up the door, and you just feel into it. Then give me the love I'm supposed to get. I was like, ooh, these girls are aggressive and arrogant and attitude. You know, like, and I just thought, wow, it must be time in the world where this is a hot idea. So I wrote the song and I tried it out on the girls. I started reading it back to them. Mm -hmm. And I did they realize it was what they were saying? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I took a lot of stuff they were saying. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I, I sang the song, but I had She Will Fool Around Just Like You Do. And they didn't like that. Right? This is where I really scoped out women. <laughs> she Will Fool Around was terrible. The song was going to be a disaster. But she can fool around. Oh, okay. one word. One word. That's really All the girls were like, like that's trashy song making us sound trashy like we are. but as soon as I change it to she can then it's like a weapon yeah then it's like then it's choice then it's exactly, choice. exactly then I didn't the girls didn't feel like I was throwing Victim, them in the trash right can. I just said you have the option mm -hmm. if he ain't acting right you have the option as soon as I did that the whole I'm song, loving that I, I need my love button right now for that <laughs> I, I gotta love that right now the whole I'm song, loving that it went from we don't like that song to we love wow. that song Wow, I remember that's going amazing. Home, I remember going home that night thinking, I only changed one word from will to can. Wow. But for a woman, that made all the difference in the world. Did you? Is there anything that you've written that when you wrote it, like you freaked out the person you were writing it for to like make them cry? Like, oh God, yeah, that. Like, are there any like standout songs for you that like, or standout lyrics that that you wrote that even now when you reflect on them, you go, oh yeah. Cool. That was oh, some cool. of us, yeah, yeah. I wrote a song for Nancy. Wasn't had a line in it that she just loved. It was um, called "Ocean of Love," and one of the lines I can't, I can't remember the whole story, but the one line was "Drink my mind, and the water shall please you." Nice. Such a great line. Yeah. Nice. But this is always the surprise lines too, like you know, the song "I'm in love with the other woman." Oh yeah. My life um, is fine until you blew my mind. Okay, so the verse goes. I'm just the average guy, fooled around a little on the side. Never thought it would amount to much. Never met a girl whose love was so tough. Now who'd have thought a one-night stand could turn into such a hot romance? Mm -hmm. But mm, when she did it to me, I slipped and fell in love. Now what I failed to think about realizing that song, I was I like, I slipped and fell yeah. in love. Ooh, I, said, I nope. like that. But yeah, but see, I thought no girls were gonna like me. I said, I'm cheating on my girlfriend. I'm cheating. But what I had failed to realize is every woman wanted to be the other woman. The one who's, you know, see... The one who know, gets you to fall. The one who gets you to cheat. Yes. Because <laughs> subconsciously, every woman thinks their thing is better than the other girls. Okay? Well, they hope, they hope it is. Exactly. And the only reason why you haven't fallen for me is because I didn't give you that. But if you had some of this, then you wouldn't want to go back to that. See, I didn't get that when I wrote the song. I was just writing the song. you know. And then later, I was like, all the girls like the song. I says, what do they like about the song? I'm cheating in the song. Why do they like the song? Because they all, they all identified with the other woman, not the woman in the left. Wow. See, like you said, I like this. See, you're identifying with the other one. <laughs> Stuff was so hot. He couldn't leave it alone. He was stuck. See, that's the part. That's what the women were identifying It's like with. layers of human nature. Exactly. It is. Yeah. So and that song appealed to the other woman. By the time, what does the song say? Uh, 
She keeps me going strong for so long that by the time I get home, it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want to grab my guitar and play with it all night long. Oh, God. So now, did you, okay, so were you the guy that was writing songs for, like, women you were trying to bed or? No, I just was writing songs. You were just writing songs. Yes. You, you never used it as a weapon. No. Although... Did, did you write love songs for women you were, when you were in love? No. Really? Yeah. I would be so mad. <laughs> you haven't written a song for your wife? No. Come on, no, right? You know, if you wanted to romance girls, mm -hmm. you'd take the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Because the piano's too big. <laughs> something like this. Mm -hmm. And you play what you call major seven chords. Like, they sound pretty like this. <laughs> See? Look at that. <laughs> Song. Doesn't matter what you say. Go ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Vicky. Oh, Vicky. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my shit right here. Okay. And then I've had girls say this to me. I know you're full of shit, but it's working. And you just keep doing it. <laughs> really? I know ahead of time that you're just full of shit, but do it. It's working. Do it. No. And that's the power of music. You hear a nice melody, a nice soft voice. And Right. And you put a name in the song. She's, she's thinking to herself, how many girls has she put the name in the song with? But she's like, but just play it again. Yeah. Say my name again and play it again. And that's the power of music if you get the right chords. Wow. So, how long have you been married to your wife? We've been together 24 years. Wow. That's... And we dated four years before that. That's really sweet. And uh, before that, I never lived with a girl or and girls at my house, it was just, everything was more separate. So what do you think the secret of your success is with, with marriage? I what? don't know. Do you like each other? Yes. Do you respect each other? And it worked, you know. Um, we never really had a big argument yet. That's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Did she travel with you? No, she don't want, she's, I mean, she's traveled with me enough to know there ain't no fun. Yeah. Like last week, I went to Tokyo and Osaka. I last week, you were in Tokyo? Oh, yeah, a few days ago. Wow. And so people said, well, did your wife go with you? I said, well, it goes like this. We get up early in the morning, pack bags, go to the airport, check in, get on the airplane, fly like 11 hours, mm -hmm. get off the airplane, drive two hours into town, go to soundcheck, play the concert, two shows, go to bed, wake up the next day, do interviews, travel to the next city, Go do sound check there, play the two shows, take a little bit of time off the, the last day, mm -hmm. go play the two shows, drive to the airport, get on the air, two hours and a half to the airport, get on the airplane, 11 hours change back. planes, oh. and after another hour and a half flight, then get on the 12 hour flight coming back. Mm. Yeah. My wife's idea of a trip is we go there, hang out three days, do nothing, yeah. and then play so, but it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, she, she, she would rather not. Does she, how did you meet? Well, I used to be the host of this TV show called Solid Gold. Oh my God, she I love Solid the, Gold. Well, one of the Solid Gold dancers took her to the show. She says, oh, I like that. I guess she liked my album, The Other Woman. Mm -hmm. and she says, oh, I remember him from The Other Woman a long time ago. And, you know, I want to go see him on the show. So the guy takes her to the show. I guess he's trying to put the makeup on. Oh. Then she gets the chance. She meets me. We take a picture together. We don't know where that picture is. Some girl 
Sanders took the picture. We never saw the picture. But she takes a picture of me, and then we don't see each other anymore for a couple of years. And she leaves out with the guy, and the guy says, oh, don't worry about him, he's gay anyway. Oh, come so he's on. He's a player, yeah. He told her I was gay. So then two or three years later, we meet in Las Vegas. She's a swimsuit model for guest jeans and that sort of thing. When I was walking by her, she came over to me and said, do you remember me? Of course, I don't remember you. Know? But, you know, so we talked and had a nice time, and then we started dating, and that was that. Wow. Yeah. So did she have it in her head? Like, because she liked you the first time she wanted to go meet you. So she kind of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she kind of had yeah. it in her head, so... And she was very nice. She's probably the nicest girl that I ever met. Or at mm. least one that I understood a little bit more than maybe the others. That's a pretty... After 24 years of marriage, to say that about your wife is pretty... Yeah. That's a pretty good thing. Yeah. That, that's success right there. To yeah. still feel that way about her. That's lovely. Yeah. If we take a trip, I would like for her to go, even if she doesn't go. You know. But she doesn't restrict me from going anywhere. I go all over the world. And, and there's trust in your relationship so that she doesn't... She's yeah. not possessive and crazy when you go travel and she trusts yeah. that... Well, I'm a musician. I already did everything before I met her. <laughs> I know how to get into trouble. And I know what trouble is. We, it's enough of that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You had three girls in one night and wherever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know you've been there. All right, so before we... Okay, so... so you know, it's, it's nice to go to bed and go to sleep and not have to worry about what TMZ is going to say about you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or if we're doing a show like this, me sitting up here shaking because I don't know who's going to call in on the phone. And make Ghostbusters! Did you, ever, did you ever have a scandal? No. Nice. That's very Some nice. people like the scandal stuff. I don't like all that activity. It's too much drama, you know. Do you like it? it do you, does I mean you got used to first class and being the guy, yeah, and yeah. you have a beautiful home, and um, how how much of this life like could you do without all this? Do you think? Oh well, yeah, yeah, I could. I don't want to. You don't have but to. But I could. Mm -hmm. I just love California. If you were to say to me, where do you draw the line? Where do things really change? You know, if I got to go back to Detroit and I got to put a suit in town and go to work, oh, we lost it now. Yeah. <laughs> How about your kids? Do they appreciate this life no, that you I brought them? No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think they just have the capability of it. I'm sure they're happy about it. I'm sure they, they like it. But I don't, think they, I don't think they can totally appreciate it because they didn't live the other life. Right, right. Do they understand, like... Who you are, and they did when, when I got a star on Hollywood Boulevard. They well, it's just they got that, and I even I was shocked. All of a sudden, my kids were like, "Wow!" I'm like, "Oh, really? Did we move y'all today?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think we've been doing all these years? You know, how'd you, you know, but for some reason, the star on Hollywood Boulevard was different. For them. Who who was there when you? Who wasn't there? Everybody was there. We blocked off the street. Uh, George Benson performed. Denise Williams, Cheryl Man, we had all that stuff going on. Everybody was there, Earth, when that fire came. Even Andre Crouch, the religious singer, came out, which I thought was just a, a trick. And people came from all over the world. It was everybody and anybody was there. Wow. Arnold Holland was there, Bill Withers spoke at my thing. Eddie Holland spoke, George Spencer spoke. I mean, it was just crazy. Wow. It was really nice. And my kids, more than anything, they just looked and went, well, okay, Dad's happening. I was yeah. like, really? Right about now, man. I think so. I think might be something going on here, you know. And I remember there was another time I got some 
props for my kids. I did the World Cup Open of South Africa. And I was in the band there. We played with Shakira, Black Eyed Peas, and different bands. And so my maid was looking at the TV here because they had a big celebration. She says, oh my God, but the Parker played with Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> she's from Bob Marley. So for her, it was, she's the Parker played with Shakira, Shakira, oh my God. You know? And I was like, Okay, what do you think? Shakira is like the biggest oh, thing yeah, to yeah. her. So, yeah, so yeah, to her, yeah. she just couldn't believe it. She just couldn't believe it, you know. And meanwhile, my kids are like, he's playing with the black eyed people. Will I dance next to Will I am? And meanwhile, the only person I really cared about was I was in Africa playing with Hugh Masekela. Oh, man. Grazing in the grass. I'm playing yeah. Hugh Masekela. I'm in Africa playing with Hugh Masekela. That's, that's, you know, that's so to me, that was my big thing. So. Yeah. Everybody saw something. Something for everyone. Something for everyone. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've certainly lived the life. So, so what's the what's the the film called? The film's going to be called Who You Gonna Call. And the book? It's just a catchy title. The book's going to be is. called Who You Gonna Call. I mean, why not? It's yeah, because that's the party. association. Oh, yeah. And as you say, Who You Gonna Call, everybody goes, Oh, what's it? What is that? I'm going to see what that is. So, of course, we're going to do that. Yeah. yeah. That makes total it's sense. It's like if you look at my phone, the logo on the front is a ghost. And if you call and don't get me, you get the Ghostbuster ringtone <laughs> with different lyrics. But you are the guy that everyone has called to. Exactly. So, you know, like, if you fight it, everybody's like, well, don't you want to do that? So, you know what? Just give the people what they want. So, if you're going to give people what they want, would you, would, you, would you give them? The, there's your ghost. Oh, there's the ghost. <laughs> would, you, uh, would you give them a few bars of it? Because if you're going to give people what they want. I'm, I'm sitting here with Ray Parker Jr. you got to do it. The nice thing about this song is three chords. B, A, and E. And you no. only have to play them in the elementary most position. The, the, the guitar lesson that you get the first day. Now, the rhythm is a little different, but... <laughs> To, uh, to see the movie, to read the book, and yeah. uh, to hear Old Men. Is that what it's called? Old Guys. Old Guys. Okay. You can still do it. All right. Old Guys can still be <laughs> old easy. guys. It's easy. Ain't to it. How about, do you, do, is the little blue pill in that song? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the color of it. Okay, but there's a pill in the a song. Some of that in there, yeah. But give me what you expect, you know. All right. All right. Well, um... Thanks so much for doing this. Yes, it, was, it was a joy. Um, uh, Thank you for coming in 1972. Okay, that was my <laughs> pleasure. If I would have known, I could have gotten a free ticket. Yeah, by sure. just uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll see you next week on The Road Taken. <laughs>